It's been anticipated, it's here, but is it any good? Yep, we're talking It Chapter 2. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect, and this is Offscreen. Your seven-day guide to everything movies. Boom. Welcome to Offscreen. So, Miss Perfect. I know, back again for another week of great movies. Everything that you need on the big screen, the small screen, streaming, your telly, it's everything. I mean, that is the small screen, right? (laughs) Well, technically speaking, everything except theatrical now can be small screen. We can literally have these things on our phones, can't we? On your phone, your tablet, your computer, your telly. So many options. Did I tell you about that train I got on from London to Cambridge a few weeks ago? And there were about six different people with tablets watching the same camcorded rip of Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, wow. That was so weird. That is impressive. <laughs> I have to say, I've just had a conversation this morning where um, I was saying that because we don't live in an era where we have like five channels or four channels for anyone else that thinks further back. God, we are um, I know, right? The, the fact is there's so many different offerings out there in terms of content for you to watch that you can't actually come together and just chat about the thing that you might have seen on a Sunday night unless it's something that massive like Peaky Blinders or mm, event, you know, event series yeah event thing, series yeah. stuff so I think that's a little bit of a shame because I, I go in and do my reviews on various different platforms and I kind of say hey have you, ca- have you caught this this week or whatever and they're like no but I might check it out at some point and I can obviously watch it on catch up so you're never aligned it's really difficult it's funny you say that because the best film that I think is out in cinemas this week is one that I actually got on a link and watched on my TV at home. Oh, well, I'm so, intrigued. And, and versus, you know, the other ones you see on like an IMAX screen. Like, yeah. It's very, very weird. Shall I kick off, by Yeah, way? let's kick All off. Right, so, Rapid Response, first one we're going to talk about in cinemas this week. So, oh, th- is this an animation? No, it looks like it from oh. the poster, doesn't it? No, it's a documentary. Oh, right. So, right, it is the, it's a documentary about uh, Dr. Stephen Olvey who um, he, he comes up as like a, a young fan of uh, motorsport racing, like the Indy 500. Yeah, nice. Um, and he comes, he's a child in sort of like the, the, the early 50s, the late late 50s, mid to, mid to late 50s, I would say, okay. when the sport has no safety whatsoever. There's no concept of safety in the sport. Racers die within weeks. And wow. as we're told at one point, when you were a kid, you just got used to the morbid idea that you picked a favourite racer, and then two weeks later he was dead and you just picked another one. And, and wow, that's that is yeah. really morbid. So this guy winds up going to medical school and becoming a doctor and sets up what is now the the global standard of safety for all motorsports across the globe. How was this ignored before? I know, right? <laughs> Tom Carnegie was the announcer back then, and he said, we regret to announce that Bill Vukovic has been mortally wounded. And I didn't know what the word mortal meant, so I turned to my father and I said, great, he was only wounded. My dad had to tell me that that man he was killed, and I was pretty devastated. Safety was sort of an afterthought in those days. There were firemen there, there were no paramedics. Drivers would stop their car and run over and try to get somebody out of a burning car. And unfortunately, if there was a real severe accident, the driver was often fatally injured. I'm really annoyed that this is not what I thought it was because I'm actually <laughs> really interested to go and watch this. You'd, now. You've gone and seen this. I one, thought I. Do you know what? I judged the movie by the poster. I was like, do you know what? I really don't. I, I'm not really that into racing, so I wasn't really that fussed, fussed to see an animation about that. I actually thought it was something <laughs> like Cars. You know, <laughs> just a really traumatic version of Cars. Well, yeah. this is the thing. First of all, do not see this if you are squeamish. Oh, there is a lot of footage of actual car wrecks and things like that, and some really visceral. Gr- 
gruesome, terrifying, you can never unsee them images. Oh my goodness, this. I definitely want to go and see this. Like, this is this is like a Formula One car just driving through a person and detonating them, kind of kind of gruesome. Wow. And and you see this in, in you know in archival like eight millimeter footage. Do you it's, know what do you know what certificate this is? So it is a uh, it's a twelve A. Wow, enough, and you've although, just described. I know. Wow. And okay. I, I sat there and watched this with I think I had Wendy Eyed on one side, and Jamie East on the other, and Jamie and I were just sort of clenched together the entire movie, like oh my god, this is horrifying. However, outside of that stuff, which does feel a little crass and a little put in there as a sort of crash bang wallop, what a video kind of a kind of a riff. Yeah. Um, you know those world's greatest greatest accidents kind of videos mm. you used to get in Halfords on the on the VHS oh, yeah, shop. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> that's another dating. Myself, oh yes, you, know? you really are. Carbon dating. Yeah. Um, I think I, I do know that. I don't think, think I remember so. that. That used to be the only place you could buy Clarkson videos once upon a time. Anyway, okay. um, so on top of that though, which does have that slightly crass feel. Yeah. Although the story is gripping and it is interesting, outside of that, it does feel like yet another made for a sports channel between events docu filler kind of a thing. Well, you know what? Like with the, the likes of like movies like Senna and, mm. and documentaries along those lines that have changed the format of documentaries and how we view them. The bar has been set a lot that, higher. That's it, isn't it? This is very televisual at the side of something, like you say, yeah. of Senna, of, of of even, what was the well, Audi TT one that they did in oh 3D? Goodness, that I was great. Know. Was it? Yeah. Like but, I said, I don't really, I'm not really into that car, into cars that much. <laughs> <laughs> but you were such a bro, we just assume. I know, I know. Well, I did love Senna. I actually bought it on DVD. Did you? Yeah, wow. I loved it so much. Okay, but. well, that's to say, if you're not into motorsports, that's actually really something yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're moving on a little bit here to something which I have no idea what this is about. But I, I've seen a smile on your face as we're about to talk about this. This is a movie that is in cinemas from Friday. It's called The Shiny Shrimps. Yep. I had to say that very carefully. Yep. Um, and it's rated 15. So okay. that doesn't sound like a kid's movie, which is what the title would allude to. So this is this is the thing. Okay. So this is a very soft serve film. You know, it, as in, in as far as edges go, this yeah. is basically soft scoop Mr. Whippy ice cream. But it is in the vein of something like Cool Runnings. So I would describe what? this... What? I, I would describe this as a gay French water polo Cool Runnings, if you can imagine that. Okay, my mind is blown. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the story... And this is apparently loosely based okay. on uh, real events. Right. On, on, on some true events. Okay. It is not specifically a period piece. It seems to be set like now, although, you know, the, the, the story obviously won't be. Um... It follows uh, an Olympic swimmer who makes a homo- who, who delivers a homophobic slur, whether unintentionally or not, is is irrelevant based on his mood at the time. Yeah. But he does it to a gay journalist after one of his matches. As punishment for this, the federation, uh, the, the sports federation, kicks him out unless he agrees to community service on an LGBT sports project, which they assign uh, assign for which they assign him to uh, the gay water polo team. <laughs> With the aim that he has to then take them to the gay games in Croatia, which, again, real thing, didn't realise it was in Croatia. There's a gay game? There's a gay game. Oh, my God, I'm booking my ticket right now. And that's what I was going to say. I'll tell you something. We've been missing out on all the parties because watching this movie, you think, oh, clearly that's that's where it's at. This is like Robin Williams' The Birdcage every night of the week and there's a pool. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah. This sounds like, so. I mean, this sounds like firstly a trip by your description oh, of it, but also so much fun. Yeah, really, really, really out there, really fun. But also it's got a lot of heart and yeah. it goes, for, like I say, when I say soft scoop, you know, like Cool Runnings is, I only mean in that Cool Runnings obviously has quite a, you know, a racial storyline in it that yes, doesn't really get explored, for instance, because it's the soft serve version. This is kind of, again, in some cases like the that. early there 90s. Are, again, but there's, there's bits that are quite Cool Runnings and there are 
bits that are quite Priscilla Queen the Desert, where they're on the bus. They, they have a, oh, a wow. open top double Will decker I well tour up? bus. Will I well up watching this? Has it got a, like a protagonist in it that you're following and rooting for? I don't think you will quite as much. I mean, there's some really insightful comedy in there. As in, I, I quite enjoyed, for instance, any. I enjoy any uh, LGBT uh, film now exploring the the rifts and the uh, the dif- differences and the disagreements between various factions of the LGBT community. I think that's fascinating. Yeah. And seeing that in something like this and dealt with in the way this movie does mm. is terrific. Oh, that's that interesting. That is genuinely brilliant. However, for every, let's say, two of those, you do get one very old, very worn trope that you would like to think we were past at this stage in culture. Yeah. And yeah, and and that's the problem. It is that balancing act, but it does tip more in the favour of the good than right. the bad. I had a really good time with it though. So for me, it's a two two thumbs up movie. Well, I was going to ask because actually, we, two thumbs up for this is great. I mean, it's not going to be on a wide theatrical release. Not so you're at gonna all. Have to, no, you're going to have to search it out. But it sounds like it's going to be worth it, right? For you, I mean, like I said to you, uh, you'd absolutely love this. Yeah, like, I, I don't so know what that says about me, but I just love things that are fabulous. I've <laughs> seen your Insta feed. That's what it is. It's, it's colourful and fun and happy uh, but, stuff we need more of in this current climate but as well. it does have meaning as well oh that's good and just just rewinding back a little bit rapid response another film that you're really passionate about yeah. this week what do you what how many thumbs are you giving oh, I, it? I was gonna I, I was gonna give that one thumb okay one thumb and okay. one thumb up one thumb down right uh it just it didn't go all the way for me it did feel like filler it, a lot of it felt like filler. it was entertaining filler but I did come out of it thinking, I'll read the wiki page and probably get more out of it. Ah, I see. But if you are into the gore and gruesome bits, then you've got an option there. So listen, there's so much here for everyone this week. Uh, there's going to be an option. We're obviously about to talk about the big release this, this week as well. But these two seem to be very different. One's fabulous and one is just gory as. So we'll see if we can top that with the big movie release of the week. Well, we promised you the big movie of the week. And this is a movie that every single person I've seen that has walked past the poster has looked twice at <laughs> and is actually going to be, you know, wanting to see this the moment it comes out on Friday. So this is, of course, it's It Chapter 2. It spawned its own kind of immersive walkthrough in London's vaults, which sold out in did milliseconds. You, did you get to I go? didn't get to go. Oh. I know. I'm so frustrated. But, you know, this is the movie that I think we've all been waiting for because of many different reasons. Uh, number one being the continuation of a very successful first outing of this kind of new reboot of this franchise. This movie is legit. Yeah, right? I know. And this one is now set 27 years after the first events that took place in Derry in the United States. We've got the team which are the Losers Club. They basically come back together to see if they can defeat the demonic clown Pennywise. But coming home brings not only the fear but also all of these memories that they've tried to get rid of. When uh, Mike called me, I threw up. When Mike called me, I crashed my car. Seriously? Yeah. Man, I hear you. I mean, my heart was literally like pounding right out of my chest. I thought it was only me. It was like pure f- <laughs> fear. It's fear. Why do we all f- feel like that, Mike? You remember something we don't, don't you, Mike? Something happens to you when you leave this town farther away the hazier it all gets but me i never left so yeah i remember all of it pennywise now 
I think anyone that listens to that is going to wonder what are those maracas that are playing <laughs> right so at the fortune, end? Fortune cookies? Yeah. yeah, fortune cookies that mess with your mind. I remember that bit being in the 1990 version. I had somehow forgotten about it from the novel. Right. Uh, but uh, the effects have not gotten terribly much better, though, if we're honest. <laughs> Hold your horses, mister. <laughs> okay. Look, I'm just going to set the scene for everyone listening in. So basically there have been a mixed bag of reviews, some which Ooh, are yeah. giving this film five stars, some which are giving it two I think we're going to play that game of tennis today where we're going to kind of bat, bat and forth on how we think that this show, this film actually pans out. Are we playing Pong? Are we we're playing, playing Review Pong? Pong? We're going to play Review Pong. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I'm going to start with what I think is really good about this. Okay, okay go. I'm going to kick off with the casting because yeah. for me, I think we had a really solid child cast in the, the original uh, It movie. I'm not talking about the Tim Curry version. I'm oh, no, no, about, in, in the 2017. I'm talking about the 2017 yeah. version here. It made it feel like the Goonies, Stranger Things, kind of that kind of retro vibe which is so on trend at the moment and it brought it into the filmatic scape and it's allowed us to then get re-involved with probably the most terrifying and iconic horror clown which is obviously Pennywise oh hell no hell yes. yeah. Oh, yeah and this time we have Jessica Chastain plays Bev in it we've got James McAvoy playing Bill we've got Bill Hader playing Richie oh, Bill Hader baby oh I mean the cast is solid um, we've also got for any Neighbours fans a guy who used to play Jack Scully in Neighbours is now really? come back as Ben oh is that who he is yeah that's who he is I did some googling who's afterwards. the guy from the Old Spice ads who plays Mike now Oh, I don't know. Because every, exactly. like every scene he's in, I'm just, I just see him like standing in front of that shower with the towel around his waist. Well, funny enough for me, old Spice, spice ads don't really kind of resonate. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll leave that one to you. They were funny ads. But to be honest, the casting and I think the juxtaposition from the kids to the adults mm. works almost seamlessly because you've got yeah. a great quality batch of actors here. And they portray something that I loved about the first one is it's not necessarily the jump scares that you see on screen that really gets you it's their reactions and their fear that they're resonating absolutely you you wholeheartedly believe it don't you like, yeah you, you, you do. feel it for them that's the thing they are quite good at conveying that that absolute dread through you I could do without all of the effects because I think I was scared enough just by watching or anticipating how they were going to feel so that's a really positive mm. point of that give me a negative give me a negative okay um for the most part, it's it 1.5. I really wanted to see it too. Yeah. I, I mean, literally, it, there's so much fan service in this movie. This is a movie that, for me, feels like it absolutely has bought into its own iconography. Like it's the, the, the last movie, the first one, sorry, the 2017 one, to be specific, had for me this annoying habit of referring back to the 1990 miniseries. And, and specifically the visuals in there, rather than going back to the well, going back to the novel, and seeing what they themselves could draw out of it. So, for instance, the bathroom attack in the first movie yeah. plays exactly the same as the bathroom attack in the... And the same thing kind of happens with the Chinese restaurant in the second uh, movie. Which I came out saying, it really, I really liked that scene, though, mm. because it reminded me of the scene in Sleepers. Yes, yes, yeah. I remember saying yeah, this. Yeah, which I really enjoy, which if anyone hasn't seen Sleepers, where have you been oh, in my life? God, I mean, call yourself a movie fan. Um, <laughs> but there's a really... I, like, having a a group of friends who have grown up together gone through different paths to sit round a table albeit in an Italian restaurant in Sleepers or at a Chinese restaurant in um, in It Chapter 2 there's something about that camaraderie that bringing that group back together that is really powerful to see on screen and it works again until it gets all weird well and that's it and it sort of allows you to get really comfortable so that they can yeah. then, then attack you with something for me the scares don't work quite as well this time around I agree uh, it 
is fantastically overlong as well. Oh, two hours and 50 minutes. You should have seen my face. If anyone else was in the screening with us, you would have seen my face the moment Van told me that it's two hours, 50 minutes long. And I was like, what? I had other, I had plans. But that's the thing. You do feel like if they had gone and actually made It Chapter 2 rather than It Chapter 1.5 and It Chapter 2 in Then it would have go, been justified. It, it, you feel like you could have just had a nice, tidy, maybe an hour and 50 minute movie if they had then done something unique and interesting with, as you pointed out, the whole appeal with the, the last one, the thing that really sold it, was that Stranger Things kind of yeah. retro appeal, which was obviously accidental because at that point when they were making that movie, they didn't know Stranger Things was going to be a hit. It was dumb luck and good for them. However... The adult storyline doesn't have anything like that to sell it on. Do you know why? Because they cut in too many flashbacks, and we discussed this, yes. didn't we? Yeah. So the, the the length of the movie, I'll give it a plus point. I'll I'll play a bit of a positive with that length of the movie. I always gauge it by how quickly I look at my watch in this film. And actually, I went through two hours before actually even thinking about looking at my watch. You outlasted me. I was I shocked. Did. Okay. And then the last 50 minutes for me just dragged and became ridiculous. And equally, I found that in the first movie as well. The big crescendo mm. with Pennywise at the end. You're getting something. This is not a spoiler, but there's a crescendo, as you'd expect yeah. as well. And that, for me, you know, it, it, it takes the love out of Pennywise, the sinisterness out of him because because it becomes less sinister and more CGI, and that's the problem. It's funny you say that, because one of the issues I had with the second, with Chapter 2, was I felt like it did turn Pennywise into a much more conventional monster. Yeah, conventional is the word. And that, that's it. There was something so run-of-the-mill about him, whereas the first movie had him as this almost Freddy Krueger-like figure. Yeah, but the, the, I'm talking about the very end of the mm. first oh, oh, movie. Oh, I know, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah, do yeah. know. The, uh, Most the, of it, you're, you're getting that sinister element of Pennywise, but actually, in this one, you don't see him enough. Actually, a friend of mine referred to it as the Ursula the Sea Witch moment. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I be, get what you mean. Yeah, gonna be good to see Disney pull that one off, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if Gemma Collins is available for that. <laughs> Isn't Javier Bardem Triton? Oh, goodness but me. Anyway, so back to it. So, how many thumbs up, thumbs down should we give this? I mean, but it's we can really carry on. It's a really difficult one for me, this one, mm. because I really wanted to love it because I loved the first one. So there's this added disappointment for me that I didn't. Yeah. There are bits that I did love in this. So in terms of the acting and the working with what they had, True. it's a big thumbs up for me because they, they convey that. The problem I've got is I wanted to be scared. I jumped. Don't get me wrong. You saw me. I twice, definitely I jumped think. twice. Serves. But the, uh, there's one scene which, this isn't a spoiler, there's one scene where Pennywise is continuously hitting his head against something. Yes, yes. And that is, yes. was so disturbing mm. that I was like, we needed to see more of that kind of stuff. And I hope that's not a reflection on my own personality <laughs> that I really want to see more of that kind of stuff. But that's what horror is to me. It's something that makes you feel uncomfortable watching it. Oh, I've got some videos to recommend you, Okay, Bex. let's not. Um, <laughs> but then after... <laughs> After that, you know, the rest of it kind of lets itself down. We've seen a lot of these kind of horror tricks before. So it's a thumbs up, thumbs down for me. It's still a recommendation. I wouldn't give it a two star, you know, because I don't think it's that bad. It's a really well made movie. But equally, I would not give it a five star, which is what some some outlets have done. And so you need to go and make up your own mind on this. It's going to either pick points that are really good for you that you enjoy or it's just going to not float your horror boat at all. I mean, for me, I just for me, the length really killed yeah. it. I mean, it's one of those films that just felt like they've confused length with importance. Mm. And there's a lot of filler material in there. Yeah. And I do feel like I've watched the extended edition that I would have bought a year from now yeah. on Blu-ray. It could have been an hour and 45 minutes and it would have mm. been tight and it would have been full-on, action-packed. 
and we're done. And that would have been a masterpiece. But mad shout out for my boy Bill Hader. Oh, big he time. kills it in this. Yes, he does. He is so good in they this. They all are. They all are. This is a great ensemble piece. We want to give a shout out to our friends at Runway East where we record this show. They're on a mission to provide the world's best office space for startup teams and, oh, they're doing pretty damn well at it. I'm partial to the roof garden myself. Uh, They're in London Bridge, Soho, Moorgate, very zen places to work. Give them a peep at runwayea.st. That's runwayea.st. Coming to your TV this week. Last week we had an absolute bonkers collection of things that just really worked and do you know what I'm going to have to say now Van you're going to have to walk me and handhold me through this because I don't think this week's selection I've seen any of them but what I am going to say is is that I am looking forward to each and every one of these well I will say it's it, it's very obvious that the kids are back to school isn't it yeah. because the the, 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 the the offerings have changed tone entirely it's very actiony this week for well, that's one not point. a bad thing is it it's not necessarily a bad are thing are you going to slap my wrist for not seeing some of these mm, nah no, because they're quite. Nah, I, I yeah, won't. I some of them I don't even recognise the name. of. I mean, I'm, I'm keeping you in suspense. Well, I'm going right? to picture. I'm going to picture. So, okay, we got clips for some, and and we'll drop them in where we can. Okay, right. so uh, shall I start with Saturday? Yeah, let's, well, that would be a good one. Yeah. Okay, so start, <laughs> be, start at the beginning of our calendar week. So Saturday, Channel Four, nine p.m. Homefront. Is this a dog drama? No. Okay. Right, brace yourself because you are going to want to race out and see this. Okay. I, I think it's actually on Netflix. I don't have to race anywhere because it's on. It's, it's it's at home. Exactly. So uh, that's the convenience of this entire segment. <laughs> Jason Statham versus James Franco. What? Yep. There you go. Boom. Done. Done. Okay. Yep. Done. <laughs> uh, Need you hear more? That's either going to win you over or send you flying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, let's go then to. I, I will. I will say as well. Um, James Franco was introduced in that movie, uh, nailing Winona Ryder on the hood of a 70s American muscle car. Do you know what? If I Am I thinking of the right Franco brother in this? The one that's probably not doing anything now. What, Dave Franco? No, Dave Franco is not the one. James Franco, he's not really doing much anymore, is he? He James, made a few choice comments. He did the, uh, the, 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 the disaster artist, and, and he's been No, after around. that. Oh, after that. Yeah, so of late, shall we say. I'm not entirely sure, to be yeah, honest. I think there's some controversy surrounding him. Okay, so less controversial. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Sunday. This one I'm surprised you didn't see, actually. So this is The Love Punch. Right. This was Emma Thompson and Pierce Brosnan. What are you saying about me that you're surprised that I haven't gone and watched this? Because it's such a lovely film. It was just really nice at the time. It, okay. was, it came out at a time when things like Transcendence were out and it was the, it was the sh- kind of shiny beacon What's in the middle about? of it. What's it about? So they are a divorced couple whose pension... <laughs> <That's unlovely. laughs> yeah, whose pension gets robbed. They can't stand one another. Their pension gets robbed by some evil conglomerate. So they have to go on holiday and do a heist together. Oh, yeah. This sounds like something I'd, I'd, I'd watch with my granny. <laughs> There's always something bigger behind these things. Someone who manages to wipe their hands clean and move on. Still allergic to cat hair? Worse than ever. Don't worry, sit on him. (laughs) So you got your PhD? Yeah. So how's life as a lecturer? Underpaid. Well, the students left. Undermotivated. Could you just stop fidgeting and sit down? When Piers Brosnan just tries to be a normal bloke, yeah. 
just doesn't work. I love Pierce Brosnan. I do love him, but he he is the the victim of a typecast. For he's me. my favourite Bond, though. No, Always I do love be. him as well. Yeah, he's he's like the Bond that was in the absolute pinnacle years for us. Yeah, well, watching yeah, Bond, totally. wasn't he? So um, and Emma Thompson, you got to love her as well. Oh, and, and that's the thing. Actually, that's where the movie falls apart for me because it's one of what? those movies. That's one of those movies where you just look at them and just think, I can see why you would fall over yourself to be with Emma Thompson. But I cannot see why Emma Thompson, sir, would fall over herself to be with you. You are not in her league. No. You, you sir, are being slightly brutal. <laughs> but other than that really fun movie, uh, Celia Imrie and Tim Spall oh. are the comic relief best friends. They are absolutely fantastic. Well, Tim like I Spall, said, I'd watch this oh. with my gran, wouldn't I? You would. Paramount, five past seven on Sunday night. Cool. Love punch. So, um, also on Paramount, this is Monday night, 10.45pm. Maybe set the DVR for this one. Uh, this is one of my favourite movies to star John Travolta. This is The General's Daughter. A uh, seemingly little seen 1998 military-based procedural thriller. Right. Like, like a, a solving a murder kind of a movie. But uh, done, it, it's basically jag as a movie with John Travolta and he's pretty good in it. That's good. Well, uh, do you know what? 95 to 98, it was a really solid year for <laughs> military years. kind of <laughs> movies. So it doesn't surprise me that you think that this is a, is a good one. John Travolta back in his heyday as well. The cast in this as well. Oh, and yeah. These, and these, these are guys who are like at their peak at that point. It was like, you know, uh, James Cromwell, James Woods, Timothy Hutton. Can we still say James Woods' name? I don't know. <laughs> Just a really top shelf cast in there. And also loads of young faces who will be famous down the line. Nice. But okay. Also, I didn't realise this, the murder victim in this movie is James Spader's real life wife. So... Uh-uh. Is there some controversy in that? No, well? that just that just makes her my Priscilla, my Priscilla Presley. So, oh right, yeah, I see. Yeah. Okay, so right. I have to look, have to look God, up that I love James Spader. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's uh, say ten forty-five Paramount on Monday night, Tuesday uh, four twenty-five in the afternoon on Sony. I don't know how they've edited this to get this on at this time or anything. Okay, SWAT. SWAT. Okay. Yeah, so we know this now as being a TV show. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, a, a TV show remake of a 60s TV show, yep. of which this was the first remake back in about 2002. It starred Colin Farrell, Samuel L. Jackson, LL Cool J, Jeremy Renner, Josh Clark, Michelle Rodriguez, Ashley Scott. It, it, it just, and it, no relation to MASH. And no relation to MASH, <laughs> although that's a crossover I want to see. Uh, basically, it is the adventures of a SWAT team. It, it's uh, when basically... Well, you've made it sound like Enid Blyton meets SWAT team. <laughs> exactly. The adventures of a SWAT team is basically their origin story, them sort of training up and becoming the best there is, and then getting embroiled in a case whereby a, an international cartel drug lord played by a played by a then Mr. Kylie Minogue, Olivier Martinez, right. who is introduced via the greatest Linkin Park needle drop of all. You know. <laughs> um, he, he gets uh, captured, they're transporting him, and he tells the news cameras, I will offer like $100 million to anyone who frees me. And the SWAT team then has to protect this drug lord at all costs from these this army of armed mercenaries. I it's, love how bonkers this sounds. It, it, it's absolutely deranged, and it features one of my favourite payoff lines in cinema history, Go on, then. which is LL Cool J cocking a shotgun, pointing it at a guy, and saying, "Tell Daddy how you want it." <laughs> I love that. Please tell me this was made in the early two thousands because that line would yes. lend itself to that yes, kind of it time. Was. <laughs> Ladies love Cool James said that, and he said it in two thousand two. Amazing. So Wednesday. Less fun, but it's still pretty good. Haywire. Haywire, Sony Channel, 10 o'clock. This stars Gina Carano. This is, okay. I think, her only real mainstream Film. lead role. <laughs> Directed by... No, she's been in other things. She's going to be in The Mandalorian no. this year as well. She was oh, in right. uh, Fast 6. 
She was okay. the rock's partner in if fantasy. If you ever needed a credit. There you go. <laughs> uh, this stars, as I say, Gina Carano. It's directed by Steven Soderbergh. It's got a cast that includes Michael Fassbender, Ewan McGregor, and is about a mercenary who is betrayed on all sides and has to go a bit kind of born meets the accountant kind of a thing. But it- Which, I have to say, I did love the accountant. Terrible title. Oh, Great movie. Awful title. <laughs> What and they're doing a sequel? What are they going to call it? Hey, the tax return. I like it. That works. That works. We'll go with that. Paul has presented himself as one half of a power couple. This is your pitch. You want me to be eye candy? MI six wants me to be eye candy. Mallory, you are the eye. I don't even know how to play that. I don't wear the dress. Make Paul wear the dress. Well, I'll ask. Look, do this, and then we'll go away afterwards. We'll go to Mallorca. Mallorca? Not like before. As friends, you can take a break. It's literally two days. Two things in that clip. Go on. Both starting with M. There are so many American female characters called Mallory in movies that I've seen. <laughs> and also the mispronunciation of Mallorca. What is going yeah, on? Yeah, you <laughs> Mallorca. Think, you think Ewan would know, wouldn't you? Yeah. You've seen that clip that's doing the rounds of him at the moment where he's doing the uh, he's filming episode one and he's on like a bouncy trampoline doing the lightsaber fight and he comes off and he just says something that is so brilliantly Ewan McGregor in the nineties. Oh, Yep. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, oh, you're going to c- keep us in suspense with that. Okay. But so yeah, uh, hey, hey, I can't. I can't repeat it. That's the thing. Uh, I can't fine. repeat it. So fine. Uh, Wednesday, Haywire Sony Channel, 10 p.m. Absolutely check that out. Uh, film four on Thursday at 6:55. This is a movie that flew completely under the radar. I think on this side of the pond because the remake of Red Dawn was in the news at the time. Uh, Had okay. to be re-edited if you remember to remove all the North, uh, yeah. the Chinese things. Yeah. And, uh, so this is tomorrow when the war began, based on a series of young adult novels, uh, Australian young adult novels. And and this is intended as the start of a franchise that never happened. And it's genuinely terrific. It is basically the same plot as mm. Red Dawn, but Australian played a bit grittier, a little bit more authentic. There's a little bit of a home and away edge to it as well, admittedly, because <laughs> everyone in it's Australian, so they can't avoid that. And also, it seems there are no unattractive Australians, according to the world of film, so... There aren't. Yeah, so tomorrow when the war began, 6.55, film nice. 4, Thursday. And then capping off the week... Dark Man. Ooh, okay. Right, so here's a funny story. Uh, back in the late 80s, uh, Sam Raimi wanted to make a movie adaptation of The Shadow, which would eventually get... M- uh it was The Shadow, which would eventually get made with uh, Alec Baldwin down the line without right. him. It, when they wouldn't give him the rights to that, he invented his own superhero. Uh, now we're going to get to see that. Film for 10.50 on Friday night. It stars Liam Neeson and Francis McDormand. Of course it does. Yeah, bear in mind this is 1990. Yeah. Uh, the idea is he's the superhero who, you know, has he's the mild-mannered scientist who has the accident, comes back. I think his is that he can change his face to be anyone. Isn't that face-off? And well, Master of Disguise kind of a thing. And he goes up against a villain named Durant, I believe, who's played by Larry Drake. I just remember they made a really amusingly titled sequel called Darkman 3, Die, Darkman, Die. Wow, that's a lot of d- but uh, and Liam Neeson, I think, only sticks around for the first one, maybe the second. But the first one is genuinely good. Okay. And it's Sam Raimi, at sort of, when he was really starting to figure out how to go mainstream with his horror sensibilities, is worth checking out. Nice, will do. And that is everything that you need on your top telly picks, I suppose, shall we say? And then coming up next, we've got your DVD and Blu-rays. Okay, so we have DVD and Blu-ray releases. A little bit 
short this week, I think. There's nothing streaming, that's no, why. No, yeah. I know, nothing streaming, which is a shame. But, you know, there's some good movies that you can get if you are old school and still have a DVD or Blu-ray player. I, I, I have, I'm packing up my house at the moment, so yeah. I literally have a Blu-ray player. <laughs> I know, I threw mine yeah. out. I threw mine out and put all of my DVDs out on my front um, my front porch to give away to people. And, oh, you know. I have the home, mine's the home cinema system, so I can't get rid of it. I'm kind of stuck with it now. Oh. But uh, I'll, I'll, I'll look to that. But I yes, just, you just realise like how much, how you haven't watched that stuff in that format for however many years. I, I know, gained, right? I gained a whole two cupboards back. I only <laughs> I only bought Pixar and Marvel movies. Oh, well. did you? Okay. Well, I mean, everything else. Well, they your DVD just, collection tells you a lot about a person. Well, right? everything else they kind of send us as review copies, but. Yes. You know. Anyways, let's talk about actual DVDs you can buy as a member of the public. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. But I think people like to know a little insight into our lives. But and no, what, what no, don't, don't peek behind this curtain. This way madness lies. <laughs> <laughs> I will edge it out, people. Do not worry. I will edge it out and find out a little bit more about Van's dark life <laughs> outside of this. The cupboard of, of dreams and dares. <laughs> Good Lord. I know. Uh, right, okay, so coming up on DVD and Blu-ray release this week is Double Date. Kick this off. So Double Date. This is a movie that was out ages ago, and I think there's been some. There's been a massive delay in getting this to home platforms. Right. I did wonder why I'd never gotten to rewatch it. This is a really fun British horror comedy, I think from 2018, maybe early oh, so 2018. it has really been delayed. I think it's about that. And it stars... Uh, Oh, I forget the names. The young girl from Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging oh. and Michael Socher from okay. Being Human, who always seems to turn up in British films lately. He did yeah, that like one. This Is England. He was like in This that. Is England, yeah. yeah. Um, the, the general premise is you've got uh, two male best friends. It's a British, British horror comedy. Two male best friends. One is about to turn 30. Okay. And he is sort horror of... Horror in itself. Yeah. He, and he's basically the duff. So, you know, he, he's, he's the designate, he's the wingman, and, uh, and nothing else. I'm not going to repeat Duff on the air, but uh, the idea is he doesn't want to turn 30 and he's still a virgin, so his friend tries to hook him up, they meet some girls, they don't seem to realise, however, the girls are serial killers. Maybe it's just not meant to happen. I've tried everything. Am I sexy? Of course you yes, are. Yes, I am. <laughs> Jesus. Jennifer! I even went on this dating website specifically for virgins and I got one response from a 12-year-old Chinese boy. You turn 30 on Sunday, don't you? Right, well, I promise you now, you're going to lose your virginity before you're 30. This is my present to you, my brother. This has got to work fast. I don't think. Act. Off your pop. Yeah, it's pretty wacky. Uh, do you know what? I quite like the sound of this. I do think you'd enjoy it. It was very funny. It was very brutal as well. Oh, nice. Does it get silly? Uh, it's no sillier than, say, a Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Well, that's good. Uh, and, it's, and, it's, and it's, I'd say, slightly darker, actually, than Shaun of the Dead in some, in some ways, certainly visually. But it is worth checking out. I had a good time with it. And I was, I, yeah. I was, I was one of those films that when I saw that it was coming out on DVD, I thought, oh, that's cool. I missed yeah, that movie. Yeah, do you know what? I do like a good old British movie, like mm. a lower budget British movie that just surprises you. I think that's always a really solid thing. Um, next up, something very different, actually. It's um, <laughs> The Curse of La Lorna. Now, I didn't get to see this because... Quite frankly, I wasn't really that fussed, but it's from the Conjuring universe, Th- this isn't is, it? This is first of all, by the way, it's it's uh, in Spanish, so it's La Llorona. So the idea As is if. you're supposed to, you're <laughs> supposed to rhyme it with my Sharona. That's that's the whole thing. But so, everyone was calling it the curse. Oh, of I've heard it called absolute. I've heard it called La Linguini. 
But I've heard literally every pronunciation of this title. You can imagine. To be fair, for something out of the Conjuring universe, mm. this one bombed, didn't it? Well, it wasn't marketed up front as a Conjuring spin-off. It dropped at South by Southwest something like six weeks before it actually came out. And it was only when they dropped it at South by Southwest that they unveiled that it was actually part of the Conjuring universe. I wonder if that's because they just didn't have that much faith in it. I absolutely think that, to be yeah. honest. Which is weird because uh, Linda Cardellini's the lead in this. Oh my goodness, I love Linda Cardellini. How good is Linda Cardellini, yeah. right? She, uh, if I remember right, she's more rats. Like back in the day. More rats? Was I, she not age, Or am I thinking of someone else? Uh, I think you might be thinking of Shannon Doherty. No, 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 no. Like okay, yeah. Rats. Well, I'll, me, I'm oh, gonna, I'm going to think of Freaks and Geeks. Because there was that kind yeah, of time. Uh, Linda, uh, there's two. something. There's something from the early '90s, possibly in the Kevin Smith realm. I think it I, was from. I think it might be from the sort of the Apatow kind of realm, where it was yeah. like freaks and geeks kind of thing. There was a '90s one, and I don't know. I'll get to it. But anyway, uh, so this stars Linda Cardellini as the social worker mom who inadvertently ticks off a uh, a weeping uh, bride bridal ghost, which then targets her and her family, and they have to have an exorcism. Of course. So. Yeah, because it's a Conjuring spin-off. Uh, there's tertiary connections to other movies. Do you care? No, not really. Linda Cardellini is the best lead actress any of these spin-offs have had yet. However... She's, she needs more credit for her. Have you seen Dead to Me on Netflix? I, yes. Do you know what? Yes, I have. I've seen the first couple of episodes of that, and I think she's really strong she's in that. She's great in that, isn't yeah. she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the, the, the show itself didn't really resonate very oh, well. Oh, I can't like to go on. Have you found out what she was in yet? I am trying to find now. I am. I, I can tell you the greatest thing she's been in, and I think we all know that that's 2002 Scooby-Doo. She was also in the Clueless TV series in 96 to 99. That's Third getting, Rock from the Sun. She that, was in one episode of that. tonight. Yeah. Oh, uh, I... I need to work out who I'm mistaking her for in <laughs> more rats. There is someone else. Should we talk about our last DVD of the week then? Okay, yes, let's do it. Long shot. You must have seen this one. So this I? is um, Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Yes. Yeah, it is. Okay, and she is like running for president or a political candidate she's of sorts. Secretary of the in- Secretary of State, I think, or something, isn't yeah. she? Because there was that joke about her being a great secretary. Yeah, and then oh, do you know who I was thinking of? Go on. Uh, it was Claire Fulani. Oh, Claire Filani! Yes. yes! Looks very similar, but also I really liked Claire Filani. I was talking to someone recently about a movie she was in, and I could not remember her name saved my life. There and the go, movie was Antitrust, starring oh, yes. Ryan Felipe, Rachel yes. Lee Cook, and Tim Robbins. I remember that. And I was, go on. Sorry. Back, anyway, back, back to, to Long Shot. Back to Long Shot. So, two more modern day stars. This is the problem with us. We'll just start reminiscing about movies from the 90s with, that we absolutely love. We're the worst. We're the yeah, worst. Yeah. The worst. Um, so, Long Shot. Do you know what? I watched a bit of it, mm. and then I was a bit like, I kind of get it. You kind of know where it's going to go. I mean, he's like her... Is he a P- scriptwriter? Yeah, scriptwriter. He's the, he's the schlub scriptwriter. Yeah, like and everyone's an like, you guys person. will never, ever be an yeah. item because you just so look so different. All that kind of jazz. But how does that work with you? Do you, like... Do you, like, date? Uh, Yeah. It's hard to keep those things alive. I'm... I mean, who wants to follow me around the world and hope I have five minutes to be affectionate? Yeah. And honestly, guys don't really want to date women who are more powerful than them. They think they do, but it's a shriveler. Oof. Mm-hmm. Shriveler is my favorite Batman villain, though. So, you gonna ask why I'm still single? No, I get it. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, it adds up. This is a. 
in some respects, a sweet movie. Fine, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't set the world alight, but there was a lot of marketing around it when really, it came out. But it was a quiet couple of weeks before Avengers, wasn't it? Yeah, it That's was. That's totally what it was. But I don't know how well it did at the box office. I think it's, you're right, it's fine as a movie. There's nothing that will set your world on fire. Mm. There's nothing that's terribly bad about this. It's an okay storyline. Uh, Scriptwriter, like scruffy scriptwriter. She's this absolutely beautiful made together, like power woman. They actually really love each other and everyone else is a bit like, this is never going to work. They kind of prove it different. I love that bit in that, that clip when she said, uh, you know, like most men think they would uh, want this. They don't. You're like, no, lady, m- most people, most men would commit homicide to breathe your oxygen. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Because Charlize Theron <laughs> is from another world as she, well. She is. She's like an alien space queen. Yeah, I know. She's amazing. And that's my, she's a girl crush of mine. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's it. I mean, you know, we're, we're a bit light on the on the streaming this week. We've not mm. really got much for you in that respect, but... But, Double date and long shot are out. Yeah, you've Watch got loads those. of stuff. Curse of Lalonie, you might want to avoid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's loads of things that are coming up next week, actually, which I'm I'm quite excited about. The, the movies that in the coming weeks are going to be really exciting. So we've got um, Hustlers next week coming oh, up. J-Lo yeah. at 50 on a pole. I, I haven't seen a trailer. I've just seen a clip of J-Lo pole dancing. I'm like, okay, that that's that's something that happened. Yeah, okay. that is going to be something that happened. And then Downton Abbey fans. Oh, they're going to be happy next week. They are going to be happy next week. Now, I have never seen an episode episode of Downton Abbey in my life so two. you've seen two good seen well two. okay well you're one step ahead of me I'm going to I'm <laughs> going to review steps, this two steps there we go <laughs> I'm going to review this from the perspective of someone who has never seen it and can you go and watch this movie or are you even are you bothered mm. if you haven't seen the series and are like a mega fan of this because it that's is, the only reason why this is being made and also on all the posters it's calling it the cinematic event of the year I'm not so sure in the year of Avengers Endgame yeah. that that is the case that is a bold statement people a, a step off son <laughs> but a record Nice! Wow! Yeah, but there's loads. Oof. There's loads of great stuff that takes some grapes, doesn't it? I know. I know. All right, calm oh. yourself. Although no, I, I'm on edge because on the newly unveiled Spider-Man: Far From Home Blu-ray cover, the review quote they've chosen to conclude is "No end game for Spidey." Oh, nice! Oh. I see what you got there. This is what Marvel fans. Yeah, we're having a bad week. Yeah. Very bad week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got lots to go and see. The smaller films this week are the ones that I think that yeah. you, you know, you know, will get people going to the cinema this weekend which I think is good so the the shrimpy shrimp 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 film <laughs> the, the shiny shrimp the shiny shrimp absolutely a lot of that. It's, in that. It's so much fun yeah there's that and then obviously the big movie is it chapter two I'd love to know if you like it or loathe it wouldn't you because yeah it, it really is divisive in itself but next week we've got some great movies coming up so stick with us but for now I've been Bex Perfect I've been back on it and this is off screen <laughs> 